Counting calories is out. Weight loss is an internal game, what I like to call weight release, and it all starts from within. You're listening to Confidence Strong Within, a podcast for women ready to feel good about their bodies, rediscover their confidence, and share their brilliance with the world. I am your host, Juliana Lima, mind-body weight release expert and lifelong health seeker. And I am so pleased to have you here. Let's get started. You're listening to episode number 180 of Confidence from Within podcast. And as always, I am your host, Juliana Lehman. And today's episode is a little bit of a personal reflection and also a public update about the last 20 months since I released alcohol completely from my life. And I decided to record this episode because I wanted to share with you what has changed for me, as well as why do I believe reflecting and looking back in terms of what prevented me from doing this successfully in the previous attempts that I made over the last few years. And what was different this time? Why this one time I was able to actually release it completely. And lastly, I also want to address the question, do you also need to release alcohol from your life? Which is a question I receive from clients and my audience. I'll say quite regularly when I talk about this topic. So that is our agenda for today's episode. So let's begin talking about what has the last 20 months looked like. And mind you, I've attended several events, (laughs) including holiday season twice, since uh, the release of alcohol that have been really centered and focused on beautiful wines and specialty drinks. Um, I even hosted a very special birthday party for my mom last year in which all the meals that I uh, cooked myself were paired with different wines and we done a lot of research, just all the pairings. So I was essentially the one helping carry out the beautiful event and I did not have a single sip of alcohol and I was completely fine with it where everybody else was enjoying themselves as we hoped they would. And I wanted to start here because I feel when we make a choice, that's maybe the unpopular choice during periods that we're not exposed to it, it's pretty, you know, decent, like it's fine to, to maintain it. But it's really when we're faced with difficult times, either we're really busy, really stressed, or like I just mentioned, celebrations and holidays. I think that is really when I like to observe how solid I am (laughs) when it gets tough. It's almost like I like to test myself (laughs) a little bit to see, you know, am I solid, right? I know the plan is solid, but am I solid following my own plan? And that is really much like my personal metric. And what I have noticed significantly, so the the three things that I realized have really changed for me. The first one is the primary craving I used to have for alcohol is completely gone. And like I said, I don't even have to be away from it. I can be in the vicinity, in the presence of it and absolutely no cravings. In our house, we have a little, you know, special furniture piece at the main room that I see literally every day. It's in the way into towards my office area. And 
in there we have beautiful bottles on display that we've had, you know, before I decided to release and no problem. Like it's too beautiful. It's too there. If we have a guest or somebody that wants a drink, we have it in the house. So it's not that I even had to get it out of the house for the craving to be gone. So I think that's really special. The second big thing I realized is what I call the secondary cravings. Like for me, alcohol almost like was this gateway <laughs> door into other secondary cravings, usually for things like salty things that would go with it. So I would crave like my salty almond crackers with a little bit of special cheese and things of the nature. And those are gone as well. A lot of the or even sometimes chocolate, by the way, that was a craving that for me was a bit associated as well. So all those things that I used to indulge on and or try not to because of the alcohol are also gone. So I can go through my evenings without a single craving for those things that I believe were secondary to when I started drinking a glass of wine, especially like red wine. And the third thing that has really changed over the last 20 years for me has actually been like, I, I consider that to be a reduction in inf overall inflammation in my body, which was uh, really important to me for many other reasons, but also lower water retention. And I realized this because it was back November, 2022, that I really, you know, it was a few months after. And that is really when people, because of, I, I remember the date because of a specific event I attended. And then from there, more and more people commented on, I looked different and what was I doing differently? And back then, the only thing I had changed in my lifestyle, diet, more things have changed since, but back at <laughs> that time was only the release of alcohol. And I think like visibly I was less swollen. I was just less, maybe even a little bit less like bloated, if I may say. And I really attribute that to a reduction in inflammation because the alcohol was not necessarily health promoting in my body with my, you know, personal needs and everything else I have going on. So it was very visible to the point that other people were commenting, okay? It, it wasn't that it changed so much the scale because I don't really use that as my own metric. It wasn't so much that it changed dramatically how I fit in my clothes, but I think it just, everything just fit a little bit better back then. Like I could button things up nicely and not feel, it, it was just like subtle, but, but noticeable if that makes sense. So those are the three things that I really realized that changed for me as I released the alcohol. And this is actually the things that I mentioned to you happened within the first six months, not 20 <laughs> of the full release of it. Now, since then with the 20 months that gone through, I feel that those things have consistently maintained themselves. And it also opened this, this door. It was almost like I was like purifying my body a little bit and it opened this door to other, you know, beautiful health outcomes that have come since then. The second part that I said I wanted to talk to you about is because this, this one time that I, you know, managed and now has been 20 months was not my first attempt at trying to release alcohol. I had decided I wanted to do this before. I had gone through a large period of time during the pandemic, like early 2020. It was like months. Uh, and then alcohol found its way back into my life. So that was the last time that I tried without long-term success. And I reflected back before recording this episode, what was it? 
why was it that before I could go a few months, you know, a little bit of a stretch and then it would come back in. And I kind of, you know, narrow down to two reasons <laughs> why I wasn't successful until this last, you know, big process. And the first reason was that I wanted the idea of releasing alcohol. However, I was still getting something from it. And that is really how I have learned over the years studying human behavior that our minds make choices. Our mind, even subconsciously speaking, is going to make a choice if it sees more benefits for you doing that choice than the drawbacks of not doing that choice. So in my case, I was still getting something out of the alcohol that was worth more somewhere in my mind than the abstinence from it. So I looked just like, okay, what was I getting out of it? And the two things that I think for me personally may be different for you, but for me personally were number one, the status, especially the status associated with drinking beautiful, bold, expensive wine. And I think that was a big one for me. And the second one, I was really utilizing alcohol, specifically wine, as a way, as a tool to relax late at night. It was almost like such busy days. I need a little bit of a me time. It was like my little rebel <laughs> self-care time. And I had this deep association that the glass of wine was how I relaxed from a stressful day. And it wasn't until I broke that linkage, right, which was totally self-created in my head, that I was able to meaningfully decide to release. But those are probably the two main things I was getting or thought I was getting from alcohol that prevented me to really release it fully back in the day. The second reason that I have uncovered was that and the, the the way that I wanted to just not necessarily the same as this reason one, but I have realized that I do not have enough reasons not to drink, if that makes sense. And which is a counter, right, to the other side of the coin of reason one. And even though, yes, my health really mattered to me, it has mattered for a long time, I, as long as I knew I could still push it a little bit and kind of take it for granted a little bit because I was still healthy enough and strong enough, I use that as justification and I deprioritize the health outcomes that would come from it because I was still getting something out of it. And I think that is really where the magic lies, no matter what the craving is that you have and being very clear, what are you getting from it? And we always have, it's, I call them the hidden agendas. We always have like one, two, top three things that are really, really accomplishing as a consequence of that habit. And if you're not able to release the habit is because you don't have enough reasons not to. <laughs> so that's very much what I did. I started stacking First of all, I got really clear what I was getting from it. And then I started stacking the drawbacks of the habit. And I actually share specifically what they were for me, which again, were quite unique to my experience. But a lot of women has since told me that they really resonated with the reasons and they were similar to them. So if you're curious what my actual stacking of drawbacks and benefits are, then after you finish listening to this episode, go to episode 110 and it's called Releasing Alcohol and the Power of Choice. And I go step-by-step step through the process that allowed me to release alcohol from my life. Now, to close today's episode, the final piece that I wanted to address, and I hope so far this has been helpful. So, you know, okay, this is potentially what could also be possible for you. 
this is what prevented me from, you know, getting there until I figured this second piece out. Now, the first piece is the question that I really want to directly answer, which is, do you also need to release alcohol? And I would say the answer really depends. And it depends on two things. The first thing is, what do you want, <laughs> right? Because if you don't have any desire to release alcohol and you're able to manage it in your life and you're able to balance it with many other health choice, healthy choices, you may be totally fine where you are and you may not have to put tons of pressure on yourself and maybe looking for better choices within the alcohol level, smaller amounts, you know, avoid the little sugary drinks and focus maybe more on the distilled in small amounts and maybe some drier wines and kind of stay there. It may work for some people. And I just want you to know, you know, take somebody else's experience like mine, for example, as this is the only way forward, because I think that is always untrue. There's many ways to accomplish the same goal. The other deciding factor for me, which is definitely my case, is can you moderate? And what I mean by that is that if you still feel, you know, you still want it in your life, but you want to reduce the amounts, and that is, say, the commitment you make for this year, are you able to truly moderate it? And I discovered that I am not. <laughs> I am not a moderator of things that I crave that bring me pleasure. So let me quickly explain what I mean by this. And how would you even know if you're a moderator or if you must go on the abstainer route that I have to for the things that I deeply crave? I have discovered this by doing my functional DNA testing, which is a service that I offer my clients. And what I mean by this is that one of the big important parts of this test, and we look at all body processes, a very comprehensive test, but the area that I want to focus on is very much the mood and behavior. And I have discovered through this test that I am excellent at feeling pleasure. So I have a very strong dopamine response, but I am not so good about releasing the dopamine once it's bound to the receptors, meaning when I feel the pleasure, it is difficult for me to release it and let go of it. So it's almost like I get stuck in it. And this very specific sort of genetic profile that I have that a lot of the women that I work with also have leads us to binging tendencies. So when I understood this, I stopped blaming myself for not being able to do some things in moderation because I understood that physiologically, I am more inclined to have binge tendencies. And now I shift my environment and the choices I make to optimally match my genetic profiles so that I don't get stuck in those binge activities because I abstain from the foods and drinks and craving foods that really trigger the high pleasure response from myself. Looking at that, or, and even if you don't get yourself tested, if it's not something that you are you know, able to at this time, I still recommend that you look at your habits. Because most of us know, like, do you also have tendencies for binge eating, binge drinking, binge shopping, binge watching Netflix? Or no, do you feel that you can moderate? Because if you feel that you are a good moderator, even without testing anything, just do that. And I think that may be a great first step. But 
if you are somebody that like me struggles in moderation and used to blame yourself from that, then this may be a good thing for you to also get yourself tested for and understand that if that is the case for you, how can we shift your environment so that you are optimally like the body, the way that your body is wired is optimally performing because we're matching our habits to our genetic profile and tendencies. So hopefully this is helpful and an offer that I have for you if you're curious to even learn more about this testing, what is possible and how you also can do this for your life, regardless of you wanted to release weight, release alcohol, whatever health goals that you have, whatever way you wanna optimize your health, please schedule a call with myself or somebody on my team by going in the show notes. There's gonna be a link there for you to click or go to naturallyjoyous.ca slash apply. And in this call, we can learn more about what you're looking for, what your needs are, and then of course, give you more details on this testing as well. If you're curious about how the release journey and looking at yourself as a whole can really help you get to your health and wellness goals in 2024. That's it for today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and update. And if you want to connect with me and let me know about your story, your struggles, I am on Instagram at naturally.joyous. And I look forward to chatting with you again next week. Thank you so much for listening to Confidence From Within. If you enjoyed this episode, take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram at naturally.joyous and I will be sure to tag you back. I would also love for you to leave us a review on iTunes so you can help us support our show. Stay healthy and happy and until next time.